Welcome to episode 74 of the Mock Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! <laughs> we're in a new place! Yeah, so I, you know, we've always recorded at my house, and so, and my kids, I've realized... <laughs> suffering and I was like <laughs> I said Tina like can we can we switch it up and sometimes record at your house you're like of course of course and of and this morning I said oh recording at Tina's today and my son was like oh, really and he started jumping around and I was like wow I've really fucked this guy this has been fucking torture and I've never thought twice about it because I have all this stuff yes and like, it's already there yeah so it doesn't matter but here we are thank you for doing this it's lovely and my whole family's gone yeah bye bye yeah, your husband's like, I'm taking the dog. And yes. I was like, wow, they're already, they're really gone. <laughs> they're, the whole, everyone's gone, yeah. even the dog. But he wanted to um, watch a, a soccer game. He wanted to watch the final Liverpool game. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Right no. next to us. And he's like, yeah, no, I'll just be quiet. And this is the person who, when I say screams at the top of his lungs, when yeah. something goes bad or something goes good, I don't even know how he would be able to contain himself. Yeah. It's amazing. So, because this game is, you know, whether they stay in Premier League or not. Is that his team? Liverpool is his team? Oh, that is his team. Okay. Yeah. I wonder how, I mean, this is maybe a stupid question, but like, how does that become his team? This guy grew up in Arkansas. His parents, you know, are from, like, what what is this? I tried asking him that, and it was a really long answer that I don't remember. Yeah. Because he just started talking about. Because usually it's your parent, right? Like Elton John uh, in his yeah. biography he talks about, I forgot the football club that he's involved, that he loves, but his dad was a fan of that football club. Yeah. And so then he inherited this. He's like, right. unfortunately, and he's also, it's like you know, becoming a English. fan of the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like my poor brother had been passed down this Dolphins <laughs> oh, you know, fandom. And I'm like, it. you poor soul. Yeah, no, he, and they hate Manchester United. Okay. That's the team they hate. Yeah. The girl, I went and had my nails done yesterday. You look really good. Thank you. And the girl who did my nails was wearing a Manchester United shirt. And I was Uh-oh. like, oh, you like uh, Manchester United? She's like, I don't know. This shirt was laying around the house. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's about right. That's oh about my right. God. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention this amazing band that's now all over the internet. The Linda oh. Lindas. Have you seen this? I've shared it on my Instagram. I think so. It's this group of four girls. The drummer's 10 years old. No. And I think the girl who's the singer, the main singer is like 14, but they've oh. been a band for a really like years. Wow. And, um, they they've gone viral because they did a, a live show at the LA public library. And they, the song that went viral was this song about, racist sexist boys and how wow. the little girl the 10 year old was on the drums and she said this they wrote this song because this boy came up to her in school and said that her, his dad told him to stay away from chinese people because <gasps> three of the girls are of asian you know or i think all chinese but i chinese american right you know? and then uh so and then she's like well i'm chinese and then he like backed away from her and so she was so that's how they wrote then they wrote this song oh, oh my god i love and it's like this. racist sexist boys like it goes on and they're like jerk face <laughs> like, are they like a little punk band they're a, they're punk rock oh yeah, no, my it's god a punk rock, like tween punk rock band wow and i showed it to my daughter and i was like please get a guitar please pick <laughs> up we got a fucking drum set please yes. do something you could write these fucking songs yes girl and they're like now all over the place and they're amazing wow uh, amazing and in one of the posts they're where the the shirts that they're wearing they bought from a website that kathleen hannah do you know Kat, she's a singer of um 
Oh, fuck me. Hold on a second. I think it's Bikini Kill. Oh, I know Bikini Kill. Yeah. I I'm so bad the, with like singers' names. It, Manny always messes yeah. with me. He's like, who's the name all the members of this band? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, leave me alone. I like the band, but I can't name every. And then, and then Lucas pipes up. It's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. She's a singer from uh, Bikini Kill. So she has a website where you can buy these punk rock shirts or different kinds of fun t-shirts and the money go all goes to pay for a student to go to school for a year in some, in this other country. And so the shirts they're wearing, they bought from that website wow. in the video. And so they're promoting that website too. I mean, like these girls are I amazing. Love I this. fucking love them. I'm so fucking in love with My this God. band. Like what amazing parents to oh, have raised these yes. incredible kids. Yes. So when you think about like stop Asian hate, you know, and I'm looking at these girls, I'm like, these fucking girls are amazing. You know what I mean? Like they're really putting themselves out there in a way that's. Yeah. And talking about issues of race. And you know, what's funny is just this morning I was uh, talking to my husband that in Texas, they passed a law. Did you hear about this? The education law. Oh, I was thinking about the six beat, the six sweet heartbeat. Oh, well, this is an education bill about teachers and educators are no longer allowed to talk about racism or social justice oh. or anything in the classroom. They tried to do that here. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> how, how do you teach history? No, you can't. No, how they, do you they even teach? Whitewash it. And like in certain books, how do you even teach a book? You can't. It's, it's insane. Yeah. No, you can't. And it's frightening and it's, it's fascist. Yeah. We are like, this is what's happening. Well, Tina, We're going to turn into a fascist it, it, never, it never happened. <laughs> if you don't talk about racism, oh. it doesn't really exist. So Tina. thank God for this band. Oh, and for people that are like, this is, this is it. Uh, love Come them. On. I love them. I'm so proud of them and fucking a bro. I'm like, I'm so fucking happy. The other thing I wanted to mention just as like a funny thing, cause, uh, we learned about it this week was our friend Linda finding two kilos of cocaine yes. on the beach. P.S. Not only that, I just saw a story in the Miami Herald today that people are finding washed up kilos in the Keys. Like, no. you should, it's a table the size of your dining room table, which is pretty long, like eight feet long or something, six feet long maybe. It's just stacked with kilos So what of happened? Cocaine. Did some barge just, must something must have happened. Well, we're finding oh. it up here in Broward. Yeah. Yeah, Linda's got a, the funny Imagine thing about- who, who is distributing? Oh, that's a lot of cocaine. Well, honey, it never ended. I mean, the cocaine cowboys Dang. may be gone, but their fucking shit still exists. Dang. But the funny picture about Linda, it's Linda Thompson Gonzalez yes. and her uh, partner. What's his name? Yes. Uh, Eduardo? No, that's not right. Oh. Eduardo. <laughs> Something else. It doesn't matter. He's he's a goof. He, uh, he's great. He's great. We love him. Yeah. he uh, He's funny. Yeah. Anyway, there's a picture of them holding, they each have a kilo in their hands and they were dropped, they brought it to the police department, right? Yes. Or something. Or they called the police and said, we found it. But there's a picture of both of them holding it. And I was like, did they ask the cops to take this picture? Like, who took the picture of these two dopes holding the Oh, holding the dope? I don't know. Oh my God. So funny. That's the last thing I'd want is a picture of me Can floating you- around. But can you imagine walking down and find, I, I don't even know what I'd do. Well, we were on a text thread <laughs> that uh, had a lot of ideas. All the people we were talking to was like, here's how we can take care yes. of this. And I was we're, like, we're going to start cutting it. We're yeah. going to start selling it. All my friends are super into like how we can get rid of drugs, which is a thing that I had no idea. This is what I would do if I was on the beach and I saw a kilo of Coke. I go, that's nice. I keep walking like that. I'd be like, bye. I don't need anything to do with that. Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. Wow. All right, girl, we need to get into this. We're All doing right. a little muck today that I'm super excited about. Oh, speaking of little muck, little muck, the Cindy Polo little oh, muck came out on gosh. Friday. Please go listen to it. It's so fucking so good. So good. She's God, so amazing. So amazing. So passionate. Just yeah. so, just is so incredible. And I was thinking, 
as she was talking about stuff with the party, how we don't plan and we did it, I was like, why isn't she on the fucking um, the committee for the party right. at the state level? She, ha- who knows better how the party can get involved and help candidates than a former candidate? Yes, how she knows what they need. Like I'm, and I'm sure maybe someone has offered. I, I don't know. I can't assume anything, right. but. Knowing this party, nothing's been fucking offered. (laughs) Although I would like to say congratulations to the Florida Democratic Party. Here I am. I'm going to give them a pat on the back. They fucking got rid of the weighted vote yesterday. Did you see this? I did. I want to see see how the two Broward State people uh, voted. Uh, I don't know how those two people voted. Although they both promised that they would get rid of it. So let's. I'd love to go see how they voted. But they fucking voted that thing down. So no more weighted vote for the party. That's a huge thing. Yes. It's a huge thing. Although the Miami-Dade president of the Dems down there said that the new system isn't perfect, but it's better than the way to vote. I'm like, well, oh God, what yeah. the fuck is this now? But all right. Listen, baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, all let's right. go. Well, first off, I want to say thank you to the amazing Keith, my friend Keith, who Ooh. shared this story with me. Is he is he the Keith that likes all of our stuff on social media? Yes. Oh, he is amazing. I went to grad school with him and oh, he cool. is a professor. Oh, excuse me. Um, excuse a literature me. professor oh, at a university. Me. Yes. Oh. He's really smart, really funny. And um, I'll be the judge of that. He shared stories and uh, the stories and articles with me, like as this case was sort of developing. Cool. And I was like, I have to wait until like the prosecution and everything. Oh, this and is it exciting. Finally, and then he sent a thing like that, the you know, that, it's uh, over. that it was over. So I was like, I can finally do it. Nice. So he's the best. All right. So today, yeah, I'm going to tell you the story of former Fall River, Massachusetts mayor, mm. Jazeel Correa. Okay. Ooh. So he's the one who is Keith, the one who, when I was trying to pronounce a certain bay, there was like a bay name in Massachusetts, and you're like, Keith would know. Yes. And I totally fucked yes. It up. Okay. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> and I think I'm probably pronouncing this guy's name wrong. So, hey, <laughs> it all it all comes together. So, Correa became the youngest mayor of Fall River hmm. after winning the 2015 election, and his early terms were sort of clouded by a 2018 wire fraud charge. But when he's arrested again in mm. 2019, oh, his career goes up in smoke. Yes. So our story takes place in Fall River, Massachusetts, which is it's a mid-sized city, has sort of this kind of quaint old school New England vibe. Mm-hmm. Not a lot's going on, like a lot of factory jobs and things that were there kind of went overseas. And so it, the town struggled yeah. quite a bit. And it's known for some famous dark history. The Lizzie Borden <gasps> murder oh uh, took place there and the Fall River cult murder. So that's sort of what... Oh, that one sounds familiar. That's what the area is known for. Okay. So I'm going to get into some of his background, but per the huge, I'm yes. just going to kind of quickly dive into the muck. Yeah. So according to the New York Times, Correa is the son of Cape Verdean and Portuguese immigrants in 2008, he was named Youth of the Year by mm. Fall River for his work helping drug-addicted teens. Holy shit. And from all accounts, he was really, really ambitious and went the entrepreneurial route. Um, he developed an app called Snow Owl. And Snow Owl was sort of um, kind of like a Yelp. You know, like okay. you put in a business and it tells you about the business and like what they do. Or if you're like, oh, I want pizza. And you put pizza in there and like businesses pop up or whatever. Mm. And after college, he came back to Fall River to work on that app and to get involved in politics. So his first political run. 
Before winning election as mayor in 2015, Correa, according to his wiki page, filled a vacancy on the commission in January 2014. So the way that it happened there, it was whoever the top nine winners of this election, like, Mm -hmm. got placed on the commission, and he placed 10th. Okay. But then one of the people on the commission got appointed to this other thing, and then since he was 10th, he got to move up and fill that seat. Got it. Okay. So that's how he kind of first got on the commission. Hmm. And then he ran for the mayoral seat in the 2015, so that, that next year he ran for mayor. And the New York Times reported that when he ran in 2014, he told the Herald News, quote, I'm a product of Fall River. I'm young, I'm ambitious, and I'm a hard worker. I want to see myself and Fall River succeed. So he was all about his yeah. town. Yes. He loved his community and he wanted to give back. So there was some drama, though, from the get go. Hmm. So apparently, and this is a really weird little story, but according to Steve Clampkin of WPRO News, the mayor he was running against, William Flanagan, brandished a gun on Correa after asking him to meet up one night to talk politics. I mean, that's what happens when I ask somebody to meet up politics. I'm like, who's bringing the gun? Yes. I love uh, can it. Can you imagine? Well, first so, of all, just invite me to talk about politics. Right. Although when we go and hang out with everybody, yes. that's all we talk about. That's all we talk is it's, politics. It's, it's, but it's so much fun. It's so much fun. What do other people actually talk about, Tina? I don't know. What do they actually talk about? We maybe know. we'll touch on our own lives. Yes. We say some stupid thing our kid did, and then we're like, oh, by the way. By the way. Did and you see this idiot who's yes. running? Like, it, that's all But I have to say, even with my, my in-laws came by yesterday, and we always, like, sit around and chat and have mm-hmm. snacks or whatever, and it, oh, it kind of always falls back, because my mother-in-law will be like, oh, did you hear this oh, thing? And then we kind of go off from there, and I love it. Yeah, me too. So um, Michael Rock of Fun 107 further explained that, allegedly, according to Correa, they met up because apparently there was a petition going around that people were signing calling for a recall of Mayor Flanagan. Hmm. And from what I read, there may have been some ethics violations and other things, but that's like a story for another muck. So he kind of had his own stuff going on. And he wanted Correa, and Correa signed the petition. Uh Uh-oh. So he wanted Correa to say that he was forced to sign the petition. So he was like, come talk politics, and they're sitting in his truck. And he's like, I need you to say that that people forced you to sign this and allegedly during the conversation flanagan takes the gun out of the holster and puts it on the dashboard Whoa! and it's like <laughs> that's a threat you know yeah uh fucking yeah like i, I, I need, need you business. to do this right <laughs> yeah. and korea said quote this is the mayor i don't know what he's capable of he didn't forewarn me he had a gun i thought this is ridiculous this is crazy there's no doubt in my mind there was intimidation being used no doubt tina how fast are you out of that car <laughs> out of that truck well apparently like someone else like showed up in the truck too so oh like he's God. like but how weird it's like come meet me at midnight no, dude. so we can talk politics Mm-mm. and we're in some parking lot and the guy puts a gun on it like be- it's a little cuckoo there would be smoke. All you see is smoke. But this whole thing turns into sort of his word against mine, because as Rock reported, Flanagan, the mayor, claimed that though he was carrying a gun, nothing like that happened. And that, in fact, he was, quote, taken aback by the comments by city councilor. They are unfounded and just not true. So no one really knows, like, was the gun brandished? He's like, sort of like, brandished. I always Come carry on. a gun. Come on, man. So shortly after this, Joe Good of the Herald News reported that Correa filed a civil suit against the mayor for intimidation. And he also alleged that Mayor Flanagan put out false information on Correa, alleging 
that he was arrested at one point and said that Correa was the one who called him for this meeting crying because he was I mean, intimidated into signing the petition. And so he, Correa is like, I'm filing this suit. Don't we have anything to do in this town? Can I know. We please, like, are, can we get back to business? I know. Imagine. And they have to sit on the dais together and this like drama's but unfolding. Even, like this filing a lawsuit of uh, intimidation. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, Just, let it go. Yeah, move let it on, go. motherfucker. So in January 2015, Flanagan files a countersuit against uh, Correa for Judge defamation. Judy, <laughs> Judge Judy's head is exploding right now. Go ahead. Yeah. I know. I feel like all these shenanigans, like just get to work. Obviously yeah. this town needs Stupid. to have like a, a stronger economy and like other things. And you guys are fighting about, you You're being know. too sensible again, Tina. You're yeah. too sensible on here. So another article by Good detailed that ultimately the special prosecutor at the time wasn't going to press criminal charges on Flanagan because there wasn't enough evidence on whether or not he brandished this gun. Yeah. So how much money, though, is this costing taxpayers, too, that the special prosecutor has to get involved, that people have to investigate it? You know, like this is time is money. It's and it's, it's so political. It's so stupid. It's all about politics. It's not about this guy wasn't intimidated. Right. Give me give, a fucking give break. Give me a break. So Flanagan loses the recall election mm. and this other guy Sutter wins. And then the next election cycle, which is that 2015 is when Correa wins. Okay. So that's how that happened. All right. So yeah, let's do it. The first thing that happens is revealed in 2018 with our lovely little <laughs> Young you have so much joy in your mayor. eyes to tell me this inside. So excited. allegedly, Correa, according to Marie Zanzislo of the Boston Herald, got caught funneling money. Mm. So the story goes that from 2013, so even before he was an elected, onward, Correa got seven different folks to invest in his company, Snow Owl, in that app development. Mm. Snow Owl, like I said, was sort of like this Yelp thing, but people were like, well, Yelp already exists. Yeah, and then at one point he even said, well, it's like I just take the public information from Facebook. And they're like, well, then why can't people just go to Facebook and look like, what does your app even do? So, <sighs> yeah, I know. It, it went nowhere. Yeah. So he allegedly got about $360,000 from investors. But the money... Mm-mm. allegedly was funneled out of the company to fund like this bougie lifestyle that he was trying to live. <laughs> yes. And remember, he's like early 20s at this point. Bougie is one of my favorite <laughs> words of all time. Bougie so, lifestyle. No one will ever accuse me of that. Like no oh one will God. ever accuse me of living a bougie lifestyle. Yeah, same. Thank God. <laughs> I know. So Alana Richer of Gloucester Times presented some great details on the charges. So like I said, he's accused of scamming folks and essentially he presented investors with false information and he claimed he needed to, the, their investments to keep the business going, mm. to operate the business or to help develop the app. And then they find out that he's funding this lavish lifestyle. jeez. And of course, like people get upset. So referring to how he could have swindled so many people, especially established businessmen. Remember, he's like this young, like recent college grad. Yeah. Fall River City Councilor had this to say, as reported by the AP, quote, my husband says it best. He could convince the Pope that there's no God. Damn. So he is just charming. This charming yeah. person that can like. I mean sell anything first of all i could never go to people and ask them for money for an app that's number oh one. my god I, I really don't believe in myself that much to be like and it's a lot money. it's a lot to develop so i i had three hundred sixty thousand. so years ago i had uh, this app idea and and i was Tina always i always have ideas. i always have she business is. ideas She's constantly busy um, and then i worked with this person and like we kind of like move forward and then i went to and they were like oh no this is great 
$300,000 like upstart for them to even begin development. And I was what? like, bye. And that was it. Cause I'm like, who? And they're like, well, you can get like these investors and angel. And I'm like, I, I don't know, even know how to do that. Tell me, I want to hear can't what it is it. after the show, please. Yes. Yes. After oh, please. Okay. Yeah, All right. So ironically, because of these allegations, he now finds himself embroiled in a recall election. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. see, and this is why you don't so, sue people, you so stupid good. fuck. And according to the Boston Globe, he claims that he's innocent. He refuses to step down. Of course. Of, of oh, check it off the list. It's on our muckers. I know. And Zan Zizla reports that uh, the council put forward a vote of no confidence, but he still had the re- right to review refuse to resign and so mm. it goes to recall but by the way this is why voters are exhausted you stupid assholes oh, but this, this is why is, they don't want to pay attention this to you. next part is so Ugh. funny to me so whenever there's a recall election they have to put names on the ballot as to like who do you want to vote in to replace oh. who's going to be oh, recalled that's how that's, that's how this thing was <laughs> so as the associated press <laughs> noted the recall election is held and um they voted to recall him and that went through, mm. but folks also voted to re-elect him, which trumped the recall. <laughs> Wait a minute! What? <laughs> These fucking voters! I, Gina. like, let me just say something. Let me just oh, pause. Let's my pause. Put hit pause God. on this for a second. <laughs> I am on the brink of an emotional fucking breakdown. Like we just talked, we were supposed to start at ten. It was ten thirty when I hit record because I'm on the fucking brink of an emotional breakdown. This is the kind, like, I got tears in my eyes. This is the kind of fucking shit. It's the craziest thing. I'm like, how? This is me the how? fuck off. How? Because they don't understand. <laughs> it's like, yes, we know we're recalling him, but also maybe yes, keep yes, him. Yes. No, make a fucking decision. You fucking, I, the American voter oh my God. on every like, level it's, is fucking he idiotic. Ran, he Stupid. ran as his own successor. Oh my God, I can't fucking take it. So, Keith, oh my God. Fuck you, Keith, for sending the story. I know. <laughs> it's just like, okay, he allegedly defrauded people. Oh, he convinces Jesus them. Jesus Christ. He has a petition to be ousted from office. You know, people sign that petition. It oh, gets on the ballot. It's, it's just like it's so perfectly so perfect. It's so, it's so like America. It's it America. Is, it like, is. It's this like, story is just <laughs> perfection. I hate this guy oh my so God, much. It's so but great. what did he do? Yes, get me out, but also maybe put me in. I right. don't know. Let's see. Uh, Let's see what so, you can do. It's so wild. Oh so a group God. of citizens try to stop the certification of the election, but they end up losing. They tried to argue, according to the Herald News, that it was against the sort of the city charter to have himself as a replacement <laughs> mayor on the ballot when he was up for a recall. But they couldn't provide enough evidence, like from the charters, to say like this is an actual thing. <laughs> and so he wins, and that's that. Time to go back through the charter. I think wow. it's time they to need to reform. To yeah, reform. It's called Clause 1A. The voters are stupid as fuck. Yes. Yes, let's fix this. Yes. Jesus. So that's not that, though. There's oh, more. Wait. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yes. Oh, else? my God. That's We need to make, like, the infomercial of, like, <laughs> <laughs> of some candidate. There's I more. It. I love this. So we're going to get into the major incidents. Okay. So in 2019, Correa is arrested again, and this time for extorting money from marijuana vendors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay, so when he ends up being tried, both of the cases end up coming together. Like, he's tried for his original sort of bribery of these other people and extortion, and then he's charged for this other thing as mayor. The issue with the 2019 charges 
it was basically marijuana vendors wanting to set up shop Mm -hmm. in the city and you have to go through all of this protocol. And he allegedly received a hundred thousand dollar bribe from one vendor in exchange for a non-opposition letter, meaning like, I'm not going to stop you from setting up your stop, your shop. And he did this with about five different vendors for differing amounts of money, but all for that same non-opposition letter that would allow them to set up. Okay. And the Herald News reported that the total bribes for all of this amounted to $600,000. Okay, here's the thing. $600,000. I know, but here's, that's a lot. But the other thing is this. It's not up to him. This stupid non-opposition letter, you, you, what does that even matter? I mean, aren't, doesn't the entire fucking council... Is he like one vote to allow people to come in? I mean, that, I that doesn't mean. I think that he were. I, I think that he maybe probably also worked to like guarantee that these people get set up. How can he do that? I don't know, but he did it. Like to get so, permits, maybe or something, because it's not up to him. Well, this is a twenty-three-year-old mayor. Jesus, twenty-three like, um, years old in twenty fifteen, and he starts know. extorting folks and bringing in this kind of cash. Like that's kind of wild. This Can you like imagine? Twenty three years old and like, Parks and Rec. There's like all of this money coming into you. Oh my god! I, well, first of all, and that he's scamming people before that. So it's like he was. He is. He's like but, a born yeah, criminal. Like, criminal. He's a cri- brilliant criminal mind at <laughs> yes. twenty three. I hate to tell you what I was doing. And at he was doing before that the other extortion for the app. It's, I would ne- again. I have said this before, but at that young age, I would he was not. Teen of the year of this town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking scammed them out of that too. Oh my god. All right, so the other Jesus. thing that he got accused of is allegedly he also took about half the salary from his chief of staff, uh, Genoveva on, um, Andrade. What? That, that he extorted her and was like, because she was involved in some other stuff. And so that, that was Jesus. one of the other things. So here's the fun part. What did Correa spend all of the snow out? Yes. This is the snow owl investor money on. Uh, this is what I'm here for. I love this stuff. Yeah. So a local public radio article cited that an IRS investigator testified at trial to the following. Oh, $14,000 on clothes. <laughs> yeah. $10,000 down payment on a Mercedes. Whoop. 8000 to pay off some student loans. <laughs> yeah, well, come on. You're going to be responsible. $25,000 on restaurants. Ooh. $27,000 hotel stays. Mm. And then along with other things like personal training, he also used money to fund the city's children's aquarium. Oh pay for dating services and (laughs) (laughs) yes okay and four thousand dollars for a two-month condo rental and his ex-girlfriend testified to gifts she received which according to kelly o'neill of wjar 10 included neiman marcus cologne christian louboutin shoes Mm. tiffany and company bracelet and earrings valentine dinner cruise jeep rental in martha's vineyard helicopter tour over Newport, handbag uh, from Kate Spade and hotel stays at the Willard Interna- Intercontinental in Washington, D.C. Wow. He really, wow. that dating service delivered a girlfriend. Dang. And he spent tons he of fucking spent money on it. a lot of money. So according to Ooh. this amazing breakdown of the charges done by Steph Mikado of WPRI 12, Correa was charged with 24 counts. And again, this is for 2018 and 2019. Mm. Nine counts of wire fraud. Four counts filing false tax returns, five counts extortion conspiracy, five counts of con- of extortion, and one count bribery. Mm. He's found guilty of 21 of the 24 charges. He gets off on one charge of extortion conspiracy and one charge of extortion and that bribery charge. And the bribery charge was the one about 
getting half of the salary from his chief of staff. Yeah. They couldn't prove that. And that one oh, ended up being no. not guilty. Yeah. But that chief of staff uh, testified against him okay, uh, good. in court. Yeah. Good. So sentencing. So his sentencing trial is set for September. So I don't have that yet. Mm-hmm. And we'll update, you know, everyone once that happens. I usually like to wait for sentencing, but I was like, I just want to do this story. Oh, so, so good, Tina. Um, a New York Times article, though, noted that he could face up to 20 years for the wire fraud and another 20 years for extortion. But I feel like we know how this goes with electeds. Like, yeah. he's not going to get 40 years in prison. Yeah. So I'm thinking between five and seven years. And yeah. then he's got to pay back, like, a, a, a ton of money. Dang. I don't know. So we'll have to see. After his conviction, Correa said, quote, eventually the real truth will come out. Oh, I will be vindicated and my future will be very long and great. Yeah, right. Because um, he's going straight to appeals. <laughs> and, you know, that's his route. He's innocent. U.S. Attorney Mendel said, quote, he sold his office and he sold out the people of Fall River. And the Boston Globe reported that City Council President Cliff Pont said, quote, under the former mayor, our city was for sale. This isn't and hasn't been the case since he stepped down. And I hope it never happens again. Dang. Ooh, and then one more quote from uh, Joseph Bonavolanta, a special agent in charge of the uh, FBI, Boston Division, quote, Today's verdict makes it crystal clear that you can't trade on your office, embrace a corrupt pay-to-play culture, and get away with it. Correa was only a two-term mayor, but he has done lasting damage to the trust bestowed upon him by the citizens of Fall River. Mm. Ooh. And that's reported by the U.S. Department of Justice. All right, so some aftermath. Correa still claims that he's innocent. He's going to be, you know, fighting in appeals, like I said. The other thing, uh, he has to wear a GPS ankle monitoring device while Mm. awaiting sentencing. So they kind of have him on lockdown a bit. And some points of interest, similar to the Baca case last week, Correa had other co-conspirators and they all turned on him. They all took plea deals, admitting guilt. And that's sort of what took him down in the trial yeah one article uh, in the herald news talked about how correa loved fall river so much that when he um when his family wanted to move at one point he refused to let them and the article was interesting because he was like he loved this town he wanted to say like why scam the town then like why do this to this place that you supposedly love so much and this other part (laughs) this last point correa created a website under uh, a journalist's name so, and I cited her in here because she wrote a bunch of articles, Joe Good. And um, it was like joegood.com. Mm-hmm. And he created the website. And when you go to joegood.com, it was like uh, a Trump meme that says, you are fake news. Oh, my God. Like that he took the time to purchase this and like create a website so that when people search for her thinking like that's her website, that would pop up. Oh, my God. And he was upset because she was reporting on some of uh, Correa's alleged crimes before mm. he was arrested and he's just like fake news fake news he's a democrat yes <laughs> so that's the story of Jazil uh, Correa the mayor of Mary Jane from Fall Rivers Dang. Massachusetts I love it what a cuckoo story I mean it's the best what the a voters story. are really the worst though <laughs> that's the worst part of that story Yes, they they voted voted him in, and he was sort of like you know this rising star, and it's just so know. exhausting to hear shit like that. It's just disappointing. It's, of course it is, but can you imagine like 
can we just get on with business? Like, why are you, why every time do I turn on the news? I've got, I see your face with some bullshit. Like, get yeah. the fuck, just get out. Yeah. You're, you're, it's, it's not even about the work anymore. Like, if it's no. not about the work, then you're in the wrong fucking line. Get out. Get out. Could you imagine that's your job and that's the, that's, this is how you're behaving? $600,000 just oh on that one. So he's, he made almost a million dollars in a few years. That's in, it's, inc- it's as incredible. A, as a young person. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that had to do with him, right? Like, he's like, I can buy yes. this and I can buy that and whatever. Well, we are both covering disgraced mayors <gasps> today. Yay. Yay. Are you ready? I am. I'm going to tell you about former mayor of Washington, D.C., <gasps> Marion Barry. <gasps> yes. <laughs> you know this motherfucker, right? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Let's, t- let's get into it. I can't believe it. we haven't done him yet. I know. I, well, so we were going to, we were, might have done, we were supposed to do two stories today, right? Yes. And so Wednesday night, I still did not know what the fuck. I, I knew one of them, but I didn't know what the other one was going to be. And so, uh, we ended up just doing one story and neither one of them was this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up Thursday and I was like, you know, who I have, we haven't talked about. So that's why I'm doing this one. Yay. I had another story and I'm, I'm still going to do it. It's just, it's so much information. Yeah. That I just I, I have go, a couple this. of those. Uh, yeah, I'm the Ugh, same. I'm like, I need to it, wait like, for fuck. the summer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do it. Okay, so Marion Barry, he was born in rural Itabina, Mississippi. Oh. His father died when he was four, and a year later, his mother moved to the family to Memphis, Tennessee, where her employment prospects were better. Her mother married David Cummings, a butcher, and together they raised eight children. Oh, God. So the first time Barry noticed racial issues was when he had to walk to school when the white students were assigned to ride the bus to school, Mm. right? The schools were segregated as were public facilities. Um, He first began his spirit of civil rights activism when he was a paper boy in Memphis. The paper he worked for organized the contest in which any boys who gained 15 new customers could win a trip to New Orleans. Barry and a couple of the other black paper boys reached the quota of 15 new customers, yet were not allowed to go on the trip to New Orleans, which was a segregated city. Come on. Yeah. That's so sad. It's fucked up. And you know, little boys that they get excited. Of course. That is th- th- terrible. Yeah. The paper said it could not afford to hire two buses to satisfy Mississippi <gasps> segregation rules. Because remember, you got to ride yeah. from Tennessee oh, down to New Orleans on. through Mississippi. What jerks. So Barry decided to boycott, boycott his paper route until yes. they agreed to send the black <gasps> paper boys on the trip. After the paper offered the black paper boys a chance to go to St. Louis, Missouri on a trip... Because it was not a segregated city, Barry resumed his paper route. He's like, fuck it. All right. I'll go to St. Louis. Let's go. Right. Yeah. That's wow. pretty awesome. Yeah, he's got a lot of really cool civil rights yes. you know, background. So, and it started young, which. Yeah. I you love know, that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. That's it's really strong. Yeah. Really. Strong. So, um, he attended Lemoyne Owen college in Memphis and he graduated in 1958 in his junior year, the racial injustices had been, had seen, he had seen started to come together. So no, you know, now it's getting, now we're getting into right. the sixties, right? He became more active than the NAACP chapter at Lemoyne Owen serving as a, as the president in 1958. Uh, he criticized the college trustee for remarks he felt were demeaning to African-Americans for which he was nearly expelled. Um, while a senior, uh, and the president of the NAACP chapter, um, he heard that Walter Chandler, the only white member of the Lemoyne Owens Board of Trustees, making comments that black people should be treated as a, quote, younger brother, not as an adult, end quote. Oh so, of course, he didn't like God. this. He wrote a letter to the president objecting about the comments, asking for this guy to be removed from the Good. board. Um, which I didn't happen, but he almost got expelled for, like, even saying that this should happen, right? 
He earned a master's in organic chemistry from Fisk University in 1960. And while in graduate school there, he was arrested several times for participating in the Nashville sit-ins to desegregate lunch counters and other civil civil rights movement events. After graduating from Fisk, he continued to work in the civil rights movement, focusing on the elimination of the racial segregation of bus passengers. In 1960, he was elected as the first chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. He helped develop an organizing project in Macomb, Mississippi. And in the spring of 1964, he attended a conference in Nashville and became one of the founders of the Southern Student Organizing Committee. So all these things for civil rights and students. really great. Yeah. Um, In 1965, he moved to Washington, D.C. to open a local chapter of the students uh, against the national, the students nonviolent coordinating committee. So he opens a local chapter there. At the time, over half the population of D.C. was black and they had no political representation in Congress as the Capitol was considered a different kind of jurisdiction. Right. Like the cap, the Congress sets their budget still today, like they're still trying to fight for statehood in D.C., um, he was deeply involved in coordinating peaceful street demonstrations as well as a boy a boycott to protest uh, protest bus fare increases. He organized rides to work for those who needed them, and the boycott cost the bus line thousands of dollars. And Barry proved his ability to organize. He also served as the leader of the Free DC movement, strongly supporting increased home rule as a congressional committee exercised administrative rule over the district. Barry quit. SNCC in 1967 when H. Rapp Brown became chairman of the group. I'm not sure why he did that. Okay, so in 1967, Barry and Mary Treadwell co-founded Pride Inc., a Department of Labor-funded program to provide job training to unemployed black men. The group employed hundreds of teenagers to clean littered streets and alleys in the district. Barry and Treadwell met while students at Fisk University, and they later met again while picketing in front of the Washington Gaslight Company. This is so beyond amazing. They married, and then they married in 1972, and they separated five years later. Um, he was active in the aftermath in the 1968 Washington DC riots that followed the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis. He organized through pride Inc, a program of free food distribution for poor black residents whose homes and neighborhoods had been destroyed in the rioting. Wow. He convinced the giant food supermarket chain to donate food. Um, and he spent a week driving trucks and delivering food throughout the city's housing project. This is giving me goosebumps. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. He also became a board member of the city's economic development committee, helping to route federal funds and venture capital to black owned businesses that were struggling to recover from the riots. When President Nixon declared July 21st, 1969, National Day of Participation in honor of the moon landing by Apollo 11, Barry criticized him. Barry believed that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. deserved a National Day of Honor for his birthday, which Nixon had opposed. He said, Barry said, quote, why should blacks feel elated when we see men eating on the moon when millions of blacks and poor whites don't have enough money to buy food here on earth and wow yes a fucking quote or what yes bitch fucking a wow i still feel that way like why are we talking about nasa this fucking (laughs) buildings are you know school (sighs) schools have mold and shit like get fuck out of here with this okay it's it's wild isn't it like the distribution of money it's crazy um, so board of education in 1971, Barry announced his candidacy for an at-large member of the school board running against the incumbent Anita L. Allen. Barry said he wanted to steer, steer the school board back to quote issues of education and away from po- problems of personalities, which is always the thing. 
like your story. Yeah. Um, he defeated Allen with 58% of the vote. And after Barry was seated in 1972, he was unanimously elected as president of the board. Wow. Right after he gets elected. He served as board president for two years, reorganizing the school system's finances and building consensus on the board. My God. Right? This um, is just incredible like when you hear it all together yeah it is it is there's more to come let's see so he advocated for a larger budget for education and raises for teachers he also supported the appointment of barbara sizemore as the district superintendent making up the district uh making the district of columbia the country's first major urban area with a woman as a school board superintendent fuck you feminist let's go for uh when the senate held up annual payments to the district because of debate over whether the federal government should continue to pay for holding the district's part and elections, Barry called for public hearings on the matter. He also commented, quote, since it is a known fact that the majority makeup of an elected government will be black, the conferees agreement indicates to me that some members of Congress are saying that black people cannot be fiscally responsible and therefore have to be a predominantly white Congress overseeing how our monies are spent, end quote. Mm. It's always been a problem there. I can't even believe it still goes on. It's... So uh, then he gets onto the council in D.C. So upon establishment of Washington's home rule in 1974, Barry was elected as an at-large member of Washington, D.C.'s first elected city council. In that position, he served as chair of the District of Columbia's Committee on Finance and Revenue. He was re-elected in 1976. While serving on the D.C. City Council, Barry was shot on March 9th, 1977, by radical Hanafi Muslims, a breakaway sect of the Nation of Islam, when they overran the district building. Now, this is wow. a whole other muck story, too, by the way. But they came into the building and kind of, like, held people hostage. My God. Um, yeah, so he was shot near his heart <gasps> during the two-day 1977 Hanafi siege in which hostages were held by the terrorists. Two days? Yeah. This was finally diffused by the FBI and Muslim ambassadors, um, and he recovered from his injury, obviously. So, wow. Yeah. So then having these credentials as an activist, a legislator, and a hero in this hostage crisis, as well as an early endorsement from the Washington Post, Barry was ran and was elected as mayor of Washington, D.C., the district's first way to go. Yeah. And um, okay, so (laughs) which is amazing. Yes. In the Democratic primary, the real contest in the heavily Democratic black majority city, Barry ran with the campaign slogan, quote, take a stand and the promise to improve the bumbling and bungling district of Columbia's administration. Oh, I like that. He won the Democratic primary election against his main rivals. Okay, uh, 1978. So he starts his term in 1979 and he's elected Three times, three yeah. terms. So, and it's four-year terms. So yeah. he serves from 1979 to 1991 as the mayor of D.C. Yes. So his first term, um, first four years, he was the office was characterized by increased efficiency in city administration and government services, and particularly the sanitation department. At the same time, Barry straightened the city's chaotic finances and attacked the deficit by introducing spending controls and laying off 10% of the city's workforce, Ooh. which has to happen sometimes, right? Yeah. Each year of the first term saw a budget surplus of at least 13 million dollars dang amazing can they hire some people back with that (laughs) i would hope so uh the district of columbia political reporter jonetta ross barris characterized the the first barry administration as quote methodical competent and intellectually superior end quote wow amazing however Unemployment Uh rose dramatically during Barry's first administration, as did crime rates, in part because of his layoffs. The layoffs were centered in the police department. He he laid off off 1,500 police in 1981. 
Barry was personally touched by a number of, quote, mini scandals. He had travels with finances he often kept secret. So now we're starting to get a little bit monkey, right? Oh, no. And uh, it was first reported during his first term that he was allegedly using cocaine at downtown nightclubs. Oh, so he's partying. Yeah. So let's, his second term. So he had a little bit more trouble in his second term. Um, though Washington, D.C. experienced a massive real estate boom that helped alleviate the city's fiscal problems for a time, government spending skyrocketed. The administration posted a fifth straight budget surplus, but the next year struggled with a $110 million deficit. Dang, Much of that's the dis- huge. It's huge. Much of this disparity was caused by Barry's policy of com- combating unemployment by creating government jobs right so now he's okay, hiring everybody so, back yeah so first he said yeah. let's clean this up and, and let people go yeah and now he's just creating yeah. yeah the city's so government maybe just unsure about like how can i balance this i, I guess so it's i mean i can't even imagine having that responsibility no who the fuck would want to be mayor of a city i don't get the fuck out of here this is crazy <laughs> it's 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 I mean, no. it's, it's a lot of responsibility Ugh, on your Jesus. back. I can't even handle my one job. I don't want to do all this. <laughs> the city's government's the city government's payroll swelled so greatly that by 1986, nobody in the administration knew exactly how many employees it had. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> There's just people everywhere. Fucking <laughs> stupid. Okay, so wait. I'm sorry, this is so fucking funny. Wasteful contract spending also became a problem in the second Barry administration. Okay, here we go, right? So in his first term, Barry had made a point of insisting that any firm wishing to do business with the city have minority partners. Okay. Great. And she started shepherding legislation requiring 35% of all contracts to go to minority-owned firms. I like this. Fucking love that. This is great. But the policy was amended in his second term such that the administration gave contracts to Barry's political connections oh. and high-end campaign contributors to the tune of $856 million. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a problem. Yeah. The city did not exercise Come sufficient on. oversight, so they weren't yeah. really even paying. <laughs> the cost of services such as heating oil for the public schools inflated 40% <gasps> without any guarantee that the goods and services were being provided. Oh my God. How does this happen? Yeah. Who? I mean, there's... You gotta have someone overseeing it's this something stuff. between that first term and second term. Maybe it was the powder yeah. <laughs> got to you know, yeah. he got bamboozled. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's yeah. the, the chance of making a few extra bucks. Who knows what happens? But this guy got fucking wrapped up in it for wow. sure, right? So most of the scandal, uh, the major scandal caught up in the mayor in a second term. Several of his associates were indicted for financial malfeasance, including former administration officials Ivan Donaldson and Alphonse G. Hill. Barry began to be plagued by rumors and press reports of womanizing and of alcohol and drug abuse. In in particular, stories abounded of his cocaine use in the city's nightclubs and red light districts. Wow. So this is still second term. So yeah. that's stories escalating about his yes. drug use. Yes. Okay. In 1983, Barry's ex-wife, Mary Treadwell, was convicted of fraudulently using federal funds given to Pride Inc., uh, the group that they had started. Yeah. In 1984, Barry's one-time lover, Karen Johnson, was convinc- convicted of cocaine p- possession and contempt of court for re- refusing to testify to a grand jury about Barry's drug use. Ooh. So, wow, that's some loyalty. I'll tell you what. So now his third term. So he gets elected in 1986. He um, keeps getting elected, though. Yeah. Uh, for the third time, Barry received the endorsement from the Washington Post, but they wrote, which I love when papers do this, these motherfuckers, 
quote, with far great, greater reservations and misgivings than at any time in the past. They're giving him this, they're going to give you this endorsement, but I don't know. Oh, so that's going to be like, well, we said we had misgivings. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I love when they I hear endorsements <laughs> like this. How about just don't endorse anybody? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Because people read this and they fucking go, oh, the paper checked him out. Yeah. They must think he's okay. Fuck. By this time, Barry, how many times have we seen that, Tina? I know. We're we like, saw it here. Me? We saw oh, it I here. Can, I can name several <laughs> elections where I was like, really? Really? Oh, okay. gosh. But and who gets, they to, literally be, but who gets to be on that board? Who decides well, who's so, on so that board? That, there's a woman on the Sun Sentinel who just retired. God bless. Thank God. She was one of these women. And when you, they, they film these interviews. You can watch the conversations they had where they, they, they question, they added right. all this stuff. They gave Chip Lamarca the Ugh. endorsement saying that he's the only Republican that goes up there from Broward to Tallahassee. So we really think that the Republican voters Give me here a break. in Broward should have somebody representing him. Not That's that he's a, the better candidate, that he deserves it. That, that, no. 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 It's because they've known him for 20 fucking yeah, years. But guess what? Broward. There's enough Republicans up in Tallahassee. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. Wow. But is it members like journalists from the paper? Yes. That they choose out of all their journalists, you are the ones yes. that are going to sit on this committee. Yes, yes. And then are they, I, I just would love to know the process of out of all your journalists, like why are these the five that sit I'd on love, this committee? And it's always the same people. And the, the, my, yeah. my reservation or my question with it always was like, they're older white people. Yeah. Where are the people of color on this board? I'd love to know. Yeah. On the paper in general, you know? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know their demographics, but yeah. I mean, why not put somebody in there who's actually going to ask some questions yeah. and take into account what this person's going to go yeah. to Tallahassee to do. And I wonder who is appointing it. Is it, you know, the editor in chief so of the, the paper? Is there a separate board of trustees I, I over no the paper? You know what I mean? Yeah. I would, so I'm just curious. And I got to tell you it, the way journalism is and the way the, 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 the newspaper in business is right now, they probably like, well, you're still sitting here fucking yes. doing it again because we yeah. don't have anybody. New we to have no one over. else. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause so they don't get paid. No. And, Oh God. Okay. Let's back get back to, to this uh, cocaine, <laughs> cocaine addled mayor of Washington, DC. So by the time, this time he's openly suffering from the effects of longstanding addictions to cocaine and alcohol, right? His public and appearances this is third were, term. yeah, his public wow. appearances were marked by, by glassy eyes and slurred <gasps> speech, which is fucking terrible. Like think about where this guy came from. Yeah. Think about the good, the good I that mean, this guy was done up to. All of this amazing stuff. Uh, it's fucking fucked up. I mean, and it's, it's, a, it's a health issue, drug addition, oh, addiction, you know? Of course. So his aides began scheduling all of his daily events later and later in the day as he was oh. arriving to work as late as lunchtime and nodding off to sleep at his desk. His ability to function as mayor had become so impaired that even his closest associates urged him not to run again. Wow. Um, in the wake of Barry's inattention, the city declined badly. In 1987, crack had exploded in the city oh as did territorial wars among drug dealers. In 1988, there were 369 homicides in the District of Columbia, wow. the most ever in the city. Wow. Um, the record was broken with when the next year had 434 homicides and it was broken again in 1990 with 470 74 homicides. This is all under his watch. Yeah. Making the District of Columbia's murder rate the highest in the nation. I remember this. I, I remember. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I just, I feel so horrible because here's this amazing yeah. person. Yeah. This amazing rise to power. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you, you know, people don't just use drugs because like, hey, uh, uh, we're going to, you know, like this is coping for something. Yeah. You know, but also, you and know, if, even if it started with the nightclubs and cocaine in the right. nightclubs, and, that's and what it if, sounds like. Yeah. You know, he just got wrapped up and he had to pull himself out of it. He didn't yeah. do that. You know, 
Um, <sighs> the District of Columbia is, but, but, and that's fine. That's a personal thing. My right. problem is you can't sit as a fucking mayor, like get, get right. a grip, get, yeah. get, get someone in reality. You can't fucking sit yeah. here. The city's now yeah, falling yeah. apart. Correct. Well, Correct. not just because of him, but because no. of what was happening. Yeah. But you have to take action. And when you're not, when you're out of your mind. and can't, Right. Yeah. No, you're you not know. capable of being able to focus or yeah. do the things that you need to do. You're sleeping at your desk, bro. Yeah. All right. This is, oh, I'd love to sleep under my desk, like George Costanza style oh, every day. <laughs> the District of Columbia <laughs> government's employment and deficits grew as city services suffered. In particular, there were frequent press reports of deaths occurring because police lacked cars to get to crime scenes wow. and EMS services responded slowly or went to the wrong address. Oh, no. Okay. So oh obviously God. that's all very mucky, but then it all really catches up with him in 1990. By late 1989, federal officials had been investigating Barry on suspicion of illegal drug possession and use. Wow. That fall, they prosecuted several of Barry's associates for cocaine use. Um, and then he was implicated in a drug investigation involving... Um, I'm sorry, they, 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 his associates, including Charles Lewis. So this guy, Charles Lewis was implicated in a drug investigation involving Barry and a room at Washington's Ramada Inn in December, 1988 on January 18th, 1990, Barry was arrested with a former girlfriend, Hazel Diane Moore in a sting operation at the Vista international hotel by the FBI and DC police for crack cocaine. use. I remember this. Oh God. Awful. So Moore, this girl, ex-girlfriend, was an FBI informant <gasps> when she invited Barry to the hotel room and insisted, insisted that he sp- smoke free-based cocaine <gasps> before they had sex, while agents in another room watched on camera waiting for Barry to accept her, her offer. Oh, but when she insists, is that coercion? I, listen, everybody's got free will, Tina. He can I, be like, no, bitch, bye, and walk yeah. out, but he didn't. During the videotaped arrest, Barry says of Moore, the girlfriend, quote, bitch, set me up. <laughs> I shouldn't have come here, goddamn bitch, end oh, quote. Oh, man. Yeah, it's her fault. It's her, it's her fault. Dang. Um, by the way, this videotape was fucking crazy because you got to remember, too, 1990. Yeah. Everybody had those big clunky Yeah, like, the videos. big camcorders. My dad had the one who <laughs> pulled it on his shoulder like he's yeah. a cameraman. Those vi- and it, you get seasick watching them because yeah. they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Oh, my God. So this videotape, I'll take it. One of the screenshot stills will be one of my pictures on our instagram this week but it's so blurry it looks like there's a ghost (laughs) i was like is that a ghost Uh, it's fucking ghost it's george washington being like what happened to this city what's going on (laughs) (laughs) um so he was charged with three felony counts of perjury 10 counts of drug possession and one misdemeanor count of conspiracy to possess cocaine even though the cocaine belonged to the government informant the criminal trial ended in August 1990 with a conviction for only one possession uh, possession incident, which had occurred in November 19, 1989, and an acquittal on another. So they got him on these other, yeah. other things they had him on, and they let this stuff go. The jury deadlocked on the remaining charges. Six or seven jurors believed the evidence against Barry was overwhelming, and that he had displayed arrogance during the trial. Mm. Against these, five jurors were convinced that the prosecution had falsified evidence and, te- and testimony as part of of a racist conspiracy against Barry and even disputed factual findings that had not been contested in court. I mean, it's tough. I'm sure that he was, I'm sure I feel like just with his storied career that he's still a beloved. Yeah. Well, I took that out. I mean, I took out the fact that these these five jurors were black jurors, but it reminded me of OJ Simpson. I mean, it was the same thing where it was like, we, 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 you know, there's overwhelming evidence, but this is a beloved figure and it, and, and that's, that's not justice being blind, folks. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's fucking bullshit. It's hard. It is. Well, 
I guess it's hard when you, I mean, when you have people trying to be objective, like, it, I, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Yeah. So oh. after scolding the jurors for not following his instructions, the presiding judge, Thomas Penfield Jackson declared a mistrial on the remaining charges. As a result of the arrest and the ensuing trial, Barry decided in June, 1990, not to seek reelection as mayor oh. after his arrest. And through his trial, Barry continued his work as mayor, of course, because you know, yeah. he's like, not, not, why would we step down? <laughs> he even ran as an independent for an at large seat on the council against 74 year old incumbent Hilda Mason. Mason, a former ally who had helped Barry recuperate after the 1977 shooting, took the challenge personally, personally saying, quote, I do feel very disappointed at my grandson, Marion Barry, end quote. <laughs> um, Mason was endorsed by a majority of the council members and by Jesse Jackson. So he doesn't win that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he was sentenced to six months in federal prison shortly Dang. before the November election, which he lost uh, again. The first and only electoral co- loss of his career, receiving 20% of the overall vote, but doing well among the voters of Ward 8, which is what the ward that he yeah. had originally. Oh, uh, this is so sad. Oh, calm down. Everything's going to be just fine. I know, but his, wife, just- <laughs> his wife and son moved out later that month in October 19. And also his son uh, ends up dying. Oh, no. Like in his early 20s from drugs. <gasps> oh, an overdose. No. Fucked, bro. It's so fucked up. God, we, I just. Mm. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's an epidemic yeah. in this country. In October 1991, Barry surrendered himself as a correctional, at a correctional facility in Petersburg, Virginia, and he was transferred to another federal prison in Laredo, Pennsylvania. Um, and the reason they transferred him, which I, I really didn't, I mean, it said that he was, the reason they transferred him was he was having sex with somebody in the like a visitor when they came to visit oh hey he was fucking her (laughs) sitting there at the seat (sighs) you're a little too close to friends i think we need to get you out of here yeah hi bye um and which by the way hell yeah six months i love that i love that it's six months like he can't hold out six months he's got a you know he's got a dick this is what dicks are about um hi (laughs) <laughs> P.S. I got a lot of flack and also like hi about my J.Lo Ben Affleck couple. Uh, oh, <laughs> People were very interested in that conversation, which I'm send me a message. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, so he was released in April 1992. Okay, so let's check him off the list because you know what this motherfucker is going to do. You know what he's going to do, right, Tina? He's going to run again. He's going to run again because that's what he's about. That's what we do I here mean, but this mug. is his whole life. It is. And come it's on. his whole And life. he's beloved. Let's talk about how much he is. Yeah. He's beloved. People love him. So he was released from prison in 1992 and two months later... He filed papers to run for the Ward 8 City Council seat in that year's election. And he ran under the slogan. (laughs) Oh, God, I love this, Tina. It makes my heart sing. This is what puts me to bed at night. Ready? Quote, he may not be perfect, but he's perfect for DC. (laughs) That's a good slogan. It's a fucking great slogan. It's a fucking great slogan. Oh, it actually, it's, it's, it's. Again, perfectly perfect because the, it, it, it's American politics. Yeah, it's so good. It's American politics. Hold on a second. Oh my God. Perfectly perfect is the name of this episode. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, perfect for DC. So he defeated the four-year term incumbent, Wilhelmino Rolark, in the Democratic primary, winning 70% of wow. the vote, saying he was, quote, not interested in being mayor. And then he went on to win the general election. Great, right? Yeah. But. Oh. 
Despite his earlier statements, to the contrary, observers of Barry's council victory expressed beliefs that he was laying ground for a mayoral run in 1994. Indeed, Barry fulfilled expectations when he formally announced his candidacy for mayor on May 21st, 1994, and was immediately regarded as a serious challenge to the unpopular incumbent mayor, Sharon Pratt Kelly. Despite much opposition, Barry won a three-way Democratic primary contest for mayor with 48% of the vote of the vote, which is amazing because this is a Democratic city. So fuck it. That's it. He's going to win. He's going to win. The victory coming after Barry's videotaped crack use and conviction shocked the nation. Carried front front page headlines in newspapers such as the Los Angeles Times and Boston Globe, which is, I fucking remember this. I remember this too. Oh God, it was the best. This is the time. So 1994, this is the time when my summer job was to work. I was working at a preschool during after school, like during the year. And then summertime, I worked there all day. And then the kids would take naps and I like three or four year olds and I'd have the paper, the Sun Sentinel, and I'd read that fucking thing front to back and it, Clinton scandal. We got, yeah, oh my God. we got fucking Mary and Barry getting reelected. <laughs> I was eating it up. I was so fucking excited. Oh so my I God. remember this so clearly. That's so great. So um, often an often repeated Barry quote came in the aftermath of the victory in the Democratic primary election in which he counseled those voters who opposed his mayoral campaign with his quote was, Get over it. Oh, <laughs> dang. I mean, you don't get more clear than that. Wow. So though he faced a, a credible challenge from Republican council member Carol Schwartz, who received the endorsement of the Washington Post, Barry was victorious in the general election with 56% of the vote. Hey. Is Did he ever go through rehab or? No. no. Oh, no? No. I'm sure he got cleaned up in prison though, right? I mean, Yeah, but that's six months. I mean, I feel like you need. No. And then he, so he only runs for one term because that was, again, it was, you know, the city's hard. To yeah. Run. And then he runs for city council. He sits on the city council, I think, for one more term. And then he just he, retires. That's it. Wow. Yeah. What a great story. Amazing. Come what on, What a great story. Fucking Mary and Barry. I mean, but amazing, amazing. Comeback. Legacy. Yeah. And then the comeback. So good. So, so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What what else was I going to talk to you about? Let me see. Is there anything we need to end this with? Let's see. Oh, I have a funny story. Let's hear it. So my youngest was having a tutor today Mm -hmm. via Zoom. And he was like, my mom tidied up the house. The house was a mess. Oh. And my mom cleaned it. And the tutor said, oh, well, my house is a mess too. And he goes, well, you can hire my mom to oh. clean your house for Oh, my you. God. And she was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> and I was like, wow, JJ's just offering, yeah. you know, my services as, as uh, oh to clean God. people's houses. Meanwhile, who, who, who made it untidy? I'd like to know. Yeah. You know, I clean up my living room every fucking day. Every day. I've got Legos. I got a huge Lego table in the corner, which is where that shit is supposed to stay. But no, it's on this side table. It's It's on my entire coffee table. It's everywhere. And then my son comes home. The first thing he does is all the clothes come off, not in his room, in the living room. Then he pulls a chair out to put his food on it and he leaves his food there. And then he's blank. He's got to have 20 fucking blankets on the couch. Everything is everywhere. So I come home last night. By the way, I got home at 1130 last night. No. Yes, 11.30 last night. I pull up and my daughter's bedroom light is on. I'm like, what in the motherfuck is this, right? I come in and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, dad just said we could go. No, It's 11.30. You know when my husband goes out, those kids are in bed by 9.30. Like, there's no coming home and the kids are still awake. What is that when I leave that yes. all the rules go oh out the window? Oh, my God. I feel like I'm the opposite. So, like, because last night I had both of my kids up. 
we're watching, we've been watching old Alfred Hitchcock presents Ooh, yes. and we just sit with snacks and we, and we laugh about like, cause I'm always like, pause, misogyny, yeah. <laughs> pause, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So, and, but we, it's just so much fun. And then my husband's like, you know, you need to enforce some rules around here. It's, and I'm like, it's the weekend. <laughs> oh, I oh want them God. in bed. I want them. I, wa- I certainly sometimes like I do want, sometimes I do want them in bed. And then yeah. sometimes I'm like, let's all just party. But so, so, <laughs> so my son wanted to do Sunday movie night. Oh. And so we do Sunday movie night and there's a list taped to one of the tables where we all put a movie down. And uh, I, we watched uh, Short Circuit. It was one of my choices. <gasps> We've been wanting to watch that. It's really, really good. Johnny number five. Although it's offensive, <laughs> it's offensive that one character is not Indian and he's got this whole... <gasps> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a little bit... It's a little much. It's a little much. But you know, these are the movies back then. Like there was a representation that didn't... Which my daughter is all about now is this representation. Representation. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about... I was talking to our lovely friend... Um, Whitney, mm-hmm. we went to lunch oh, the nice. other day and we were chatting about those movies from the eighties that we Oof, love, like, uh, you know, like 16 candles, breakfast oh, club God. and like 16 candles. is like basically rape. And basically. I never, but I, I mean, it is, yes, but I watching that growing up, it never crossed my mind. Mm-mm. I never thought this is bad or that. What like, about the Asian character in that movie? Oh my God. Holy shit. Yeah. It's bad news. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's terrible. There's a show on Netflix called Beyblades. My son has it. They're basically tops. Oh, yeah. And there's a TV show. And my daughter uh, is like, there's they don't have any girls as the Beyblade people, like that, pull, that yeah. go into these tournaments. And she's like, they're, they're, make, they're still making the show. It's been out since 2001, Mom, and they've never had a girl on there. <gasps> and I was like, well, you should fucking post something, yeah. say something. Well, my account's private. You have to do it. And I'm like, why don't you just go find their fucking page and, and put they a, say comment. a new season's coming out and say, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like just say something. Fuck this. Well, my, 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 uh, my son likes to watch, you know, my oldest, all these YouTube videos mm-hmm. and it's like five second, you know, like kitchen hacks, like, and like yeah, make yeah. it, it's just these random things. And so one of them was like kitchen hacks to like put stuff in your toaster, like different, like whatever Mm -hmm. and but it was like for girls and he was Mm. like why is this for girl and i said number one just because it's the kitchen doesn't mean that this five minute video has to be right labeled for girls like it was like put cheese on bread and get rid of the crust and smash it and pop it in the toaster and he's like well i want to try all this and i said no you can watch this video you can do all the stuff in the kitchen that's part of this so it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and my it's ridiculous my daughter isn't she's got speech and debate at school yeah and one of the one of the speeches she just had to write was about um gender toys being gendered like where they say this is for boys yes for girls you should see you should read the speech that this girl wrote Oh my God. It's still like that. It's, um, it's she, and it's funny because I've never been like, been like that with the kids. Like I've never like, if he wanted to play dolls with her, it's like, go play. Dolls. Yes. She's super into all the stuff he's into. Yeah. So like who, but there are so many, I, I, and I, and I said to her, I go, yes, it's the toy, the toy companies are trying to appeal to a certain right. gender. I get that. But I find more problems with parents who are like, no, you can't play with right. that because, or you have to wear pink or you have to be oh, in blue Oh, I feel the same way. It's the parents that And I have had conversations with, oh, because, you know, with daughters, you know, the, you know, girls, blah, 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 blah. Or, oh, or God. this is the thing I can't stand because I am the mother of two sons and yeah. I don't have a daughter. Right. And I have to tell you that people have said to me that, like, I won't have... 
relationships with them when they're older because you know only mothers and daughters do like this kind of thing and that and you have boys so it won't be like that for you and it's like no I can still have relationships with my sons like you know like we can still do things when they're older it's so stupid it's it but it's really hurtful of course it is (laughs) like that to suggest that somehow and I think of like does this person have boys (laughs) No. Okay, that's the problem so too. So I have to, to say that, that my boys can't be emotional or open right. or want to do those things with you. And that's my out, my in laws, they come over. My son has a oh, my son. My husband has a lovely relationship with his parents, of and it's it's like yeah, like now, that doesn't listen, end. There are different <laughs> boys are different. Some boys are different. Communicate. My right. daughter wears her emotions on her sleeve. Yes. She, I know when she's upset the second I see her face. My son is quiet. He'll say something and then I'll be like, what's going on? Like, yeah. I know. So you have to pull it out of him. There's a mo- emotionally, they might, might be different, but there right. are boys who are not well, like that. I but have that to say my, my, yeah, my two, one is quiet. One spills everything. Yes. Like telling people that my house was dirty and that I had to clean it. <laughs> I was like, great, great. <laughs> You know, but nobody, no people who have things like that to say can go fuck them. And I'm like, first of all, I'm Italian. Yep. Oh, yeah, all right. Have you not? Anywhere. Have you not heard about the the, <laughs> the whole like sons like attached to the apron till <laughs> yeah, like they're 50 years old? So yeah, they're not I'm going. like, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I wouldn't worry. They're not going anywhere. I mean, so, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So please. And my mom used to say she was like, "Well, there is that saying, and it's um." A son is a son till he takes a wife. A daughter is a daughter all of her life. So I'm like, wait a minute. No, like that. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think of like my cousins who are super close to my aunts, uh, my male cousins. So I'm like, it doesn't like we have to stop perpetuating this thing. Or thinking that you're supposed to treat boys and girls differently in some way because of that's what's my relationship with who gives a shit. Who fucking cares? You know? There's so many other problems that they're going to have. That's the yes. last thing you have to worry about. Yes. How about that? How about mm. just let's fucking let's figure stop out how gendering to... everything, people, yeah. and let's get them up and out of the house. By the way, yes. Safely. <laughs> my daughter, uh, my daughter is telling me she's going to go to school in New York. So that's that. And then my son wants to get a hockey scholarship to the University of Minnesota. Wow. I said, how, how you guys can't get far enough away from me. <laughs> so let's not talk about gender. They both want to get the fuck out. I love which is like, this. Babe. NYU School <laughs> yeah, of the Arts. Have fun. Ooh. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's out. She's that's NYU what she School of the do. Arts or SCAD in uh, Georgia. And I, or, that's what I said. Can you please just go to Georgia or Rhode Island? It's yeah. supposed to have a really good art school. Can we please do that? Why do you have to go so far away? Why? And also, can I come with you? Yes. Oh, my God. But yeah. then you get to take trips to New York. Oh, my God. Forget about it. She said I could come. I said, well, can I sleep on the floor? You just step over me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the dorm with you. Uh, oh, oh goodness. God. All right. Well, listen. Another fucking one in the bag. Yes. Get, we got to get ready for this little muck. Let's get on it. All right. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty.